Awesome. Okay, we are in. Well, welcome everybody to a weekend eat and greet, right? Perfectly, depending on where you are, but perfectly in time for some brunch. Like this is a brunch time eat and greet, and I am fully prepared with my water vase, Buzz, and I brought a friend to the cyber house. We were supposed to meet up on Monday, but the planet fell in and ate me. So I'm so grateful to have you back, Gray Crawford. Thank you for being flexible and welcome. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to talk about Mercury here. Yes, this is going to be so good. And we were um, laughing and chatting a little bit because this is your first YouTube live. It definitely is. Yep. Yeah. So it's not going to be scary. I, I haven't I, done Instagram live either. I don't think I've done anything live on social, on the internet before. Wow. But yeah, so definitely first time. Instagram live will be our next meetup, I guess. <laughs> Well, I'm super pumped to have you here. So guys, before we jump in, if you're coming in, welcome. Hopefully in the next hour or so we're together, we're going to give you something that is worth the time you took to show up. And if you're coming in to join us in the eat and greet, if you will hit that like button, that really helps the channel a ton as well. Keep in mind that we do still have the Kickstarter campaign going. So if you'd like to fund and um, support some free astrology in 2021. All of the details are in the description box down below. Love to have your support. And also it's the weekend. What do you eat on the weekends? I would love to know. Let me know in the comment section down below. As far as the chat today though, we're getting into some of my favorite territory, the, uh, the wings of mercury. This is, this is good stuff, especially because mercury just goes retrograde all the dang time. You really got to know what's going on right? Yeah, so definitely. We're going to explore a little Mercury today as well as the retrogrades of 2021, which are significant because we're moving out of the water energies that we've been re-looking over that emotional body for a couple years. And now we're going to move into air. So we've got a, a beautiful tour guide to take us through. Gray, where do you, where do you hail from? Like originally? Yeah, what's what's um, originally from New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, um, kind of in the suburbs of New Orleans, and 13 years old, moved to suburbs of Atlanta in Georgia, a little bit north, actually in DeKalb County. That's been in the news a lot uh, lately, and went to college in North Carolina. Lived in Chicago briefly, but for since. Um, 1999 have lived in Olympia, Washington, and that's where I am still today, <clears throat> which is basically on the bottom of the Salish Sea, Puget Sound, like in between Seattle and Portland, kind of, if people don't know. Yeah, it's a state capital here yeah. in Washington. <clears throat> Brilliant. It's a good place to live to be an astrologer, um, being Olympia. Yeah, well, Olympia, the home of the gods. Right. Yep. It's just so, so brilliant. Short of like jumping and heading over to Athens and Sparta. This is the next best. <laughs> Definitely. Brilliant. So how did you get your start in astrology? I ask everybody and the way we get into it is always so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was always basically interested in it. It always seemed interesting, but I just didn't know it was a really serious art and like how much was involved in it. And um, really the first time I got more into it and actually found some books was with my girlfriend in college who actually, so I'm a Pisces son, that's conjunct Jupiter in Pisces. And she is a Taurus son, um, conjunct Venus in Taurus. And I mean, we just found some of those like 
you know, just like sun sign things, but I, it really resonated. And I've, when I look back, I think like that actually makes sense because it was actually a very Taurus Pisces relationship in that way, just with the sun signs. And um, yeah, then at one point she had an, a roommate that had more astrology books. And so at first it was just like that stuff, like those birthday books that actually have the one, especially the really big one that actually has it broken up with decans and um, tarot cards. And, um, you know, like Linda Goodman, I was able to read that. And then it was a few years later, it was basically roughly around my second Jupiter return when just having a conversation with somebody they just like asked about my astrology and it was the first time I realized there, there was more to it than just like your sun sign. Right. And they were just like explaining, Oh yeah, you know, you have like all these placements and um, yeah, just like instantly made a lot of sense to me. So I just got one of those, like, you know, all you, the, um, the only astrology book you'll ever need <clears throat> that oh, yeah. tries to show you how to do a chart and all that. And that's, that was how I started. And then it was for a long time just on my own. Um, it's really different from now. This has been like the end of the 90s, basically. And I wasn't like a big internet person. So I was always looking for books, but not really finding the greatest books. Eventually, um, there was a teacher here in Olympia, um, Rosie Finn, who also would do like these um, monthly plant and planet talks with this really rad um, herbalist, Carol Trezado um who and they would do like the astrology forecast and then carol would get up and talk about herbs and stuff that go with it and i got to you know got actually got a reading from her so that was all kind of around like my saturn return i guess and then um yeah eventually i started um writing my website and writing on there um i went through a period of learning evolutionary astrology through like jeff green because i had really good friends here that were really into it and kind of got me interested and then um it's probably like eight years ago roughly that i found out more about like traditional astrology and what was going on with that and like hellenistic astrology and that kind of revival and then yeah um, kind of moved more in that direction. So since I've just sort of synthesized things together and, uh, mostly through my, my writing on my site is mostly, um, up until recently was always more in the past, how people found me and like sought out working with me and stuff just from reading what I write. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's always interesting how we get here, but that I think that everybody in their story has this little bug where like the lights came on, you know, and it was like, oh, this is actually a little bit more than what I, I thought. And I can, I can really do something with this. Yeah, definitely. It always is just, um, I mean, I was really interested at first, but then it's just continually um, deepened. I remember when I got my first astrology reading, I thought I knew a lot just from reading on my own at that point. Yeah. And it just felt like there was this whole sort of fathomless depth that I hadn't realized was there even more than I kind of realized just from that first experience. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think in my um, self-study journey at that time, it was like until I 
got into something a little bit more formal or sat with somebody who had a little bit more knowledge. Um, I really thought I knew a ton also, and I was like, good to go. And then as I got under someone else's eyes, I realized all of these holes that I had. And once they got filled in, it just was like made things more solid and, you know, kind of changed the pace of my practice and certainly the depth of it for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Where is your mercury? What's your mercury placement? Mercury and Pisces, um, at the degree of the midheaven, it's not, it's almost, it's pretty, I don't, I forget how many minutes off it is, but it's like right there. And I'm Gemini rising, Gemini moon, Gemini moon conjunct the south node of the moon and Gemini. So that Mercury and Mercury and, uh, the moon is applying to the square with Mercury. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's like a fully received moon Mercury thing there. Gemini Pisces, very Gemini Pisces. Yeah, I was going to say you're living the Pisces life, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> you certainly got it. Well, then this feels like, you know, this is probably going to be a little more than just a Mercury conversation. There's things moving between the worlds and you have access to them quite needily. So that is absolutely brilliant. So I'm pumped. Mercury is one of my favorite planets. Right. I just feel like even the, the history, the mythology around Mercury, how it works and how it moves for us, being able to go to these high highs and these low lows moving between the worlds and the way that that thinking is ushered by that energy is absolutely profound, I think, and how it ties things together. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say uh, about Mercury. Yeah, cool. Yay. Let's jump in here. Everybody's like welcoming you. They're saying hello. And so welcome. Yeah. I can't see the chat. I don't know if there's a way that I can, but. That's okay. You can open YouTube if you want. It's just right there live. But if you don't want to do that either, I'll It'll honestly be distracting for me. So <laughs> it's fine. I'll handle the chat. You handle the, the yeah. slides. So let's talk. Let's talk Mercury. What do you, what's your take? Yeah. Should I do my Pull my slides up yeah, just to yeah. go into it. Okay, cool. Go for it. Yeah, and somebody in the chat said they were eating tamales, and I'm just a really big fan of all of that. And I can't nice. wait to get back to tamale land. Cool. Yeah, I have a I have a scone here. I might eat some of it at some point. I'll see. Um once I start talking though, I don't know how much I'm gonna be eating. So. That's okay. We'll work it in. We'll work it in. Just stay hydrated. It's a marathon. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I was going to talk a little bit about Mercury. Um, I think everyone can see the slides. So if you're interested in my work, you can check out my website there, which is just my name, greatcrawford.net. And I do have a Patreon there, too, that you can sign up for and check out. Yeah, but one of the, you had mentioned that about the um, Jupiter-Saturn conjunction and the fact that we're now in this cycle of in the tropical zodiac that the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions are all gonna be happening in air signs until like the first water one comes in in like 2159. So um, it's a big deal from the tropical zodiac perspective. And we're in, so we're in this really big air era and very synchronistically um, it lines up that Mercury in this same year enters um, a triplicity year of air. So if you're, when we'll talk about this when we get to the synodic cycle of Mercury, but Mercury tends to go retrograde 
always like three times a year, you know, sometimes it's like four times a year. And it tends to go retrograde in the same element each year. And sometimes there's a blending where it's moving between, um, you know, two elements. And like you mentioned, um, we just moved out of a period of Mercury being retrograde in water signs. So you might know last year we had Mercury in retrograde in Pisces. It actually dipped into Aquarius last year. Then we had Mercury retrograde in Cancer. Then we had Mercury retrograde in Scorpio and it kind of dipped into Libra. This year, all the retrogrades are in Gemini, Aquarius and Libra. They're not moving in between signs. So the whole periods will be in, in the air sign. And so it's actually a really interact because Mercury is all about mediating and um, blending and bring things together and definitely being a threshold guardian and helping us with transitions and crossing borders, you know, bridging things together. It's, it's just a great link up that we're going to have Mercury retrograde and air science as we're all going through this collective transition which I find helpful because I think Mercury retrograde, I think very positively about Mercury retrograde. Yeah, me too. Um, I think it's one of the kind of things that's people just have the wrong idea about Mercury retrograde. There's a lot of like popular talk about Mercury retrograde, like don't buy anything or like don't sign a contract. Mm -hmm. um, everything that goes wrong is the fault of Mercury retrograde and, you know, things are just going to be crashing and not working for you. And, um, I don't actually think that's even true I and mean, we can talk about it, but I mean, one thing I like to do is a lot of times when something happens and like your phone doesn't work, you just think about the fact that it's not Mercury retrograde. And if it was Mercury retrograde, you'd be like, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. Like I don't really even, personally, I don't even have that stuff tend to happen to me so much. And then, well, sometimes that stuff will happen like when it's not Mercury retrograde. And for me, I don't think it even, I mean, there is a thing where communication and technology can break down, I'm not like totally saying that's not true that it gets way overemphasized and it's not really to me, the meaning of Mercury retrograde. There, are, there is a way to work with Mercury retrograde and align with it, mm -hmm. um, that it actually has a purpose and, you know, something for you to work with there. And that's what, yeah, I want us to talk about. Yeah. And it's, and it's always interesting. I think too, as we come into different experiences, like what are people's experiences with, the time frames too and that is what ancients have been doing forever is observing right so in in my life as i continue to practice astrology i have to practice the observation of it in my life as well you know i mean i can tell you hands down if mercury is going retrograde things in my business absolutely take a flip around where I am. I am like got very little forward motion and it all becomes a time of review and it was happening before I really aligned it with Mercury retrograde, but other things happen like full moon things. And I am not as susceptible to being caught in that energy. So it's neat. I think for each of us to take a moment and pause on what are our experiences with the different planetary motions so you can kind of see where maybe you're a little bit more susceptible you know yeah definitely and some i know people that have mercury retrograde that they do really well during mercury right. retrograde like it's just more their their rhythm yeah and one of the things some of those people can just have a you know they have a very as we'll talk about it's a slower mercury it's a much more intense mercury it's a very penetrating mercury and they tend to have those slow penetrating minds that just really go into something really deeply and they, and that's available for us during Mercury retrograde. 
you know, it's not like you're saying if you're someone that's like really like fast making things happen and like bam, bam, you know, that kind of thing, like that's, you're going to maybe run into something a little bit. That's not the natural flow of Mercury retrograde, but Mercury has that within its cycle. So um, kind of like we were talking about like opening up to, to astrology. One thing that I didn't realize really right away was, um, yeah, you know, just for more so like an animistic kind of perspective, these are li- like Mercury as being this living thing where we're in relationship with. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we all have different sides to us. And like you're saying with like the full moon, the moon has a full phase. The moon has a dark phase. The moon has a new phase, a crescent phase, a square phase. It's different. It's, it's always changing. And so is Mercury. And if you just have in your mind this like very like fast, direct, you know, linear, more logical Mercury, that's only like one, you know, small facet of who Mercury is. Right. Um, so just we go through day, we go through night, you know, we go through Mercury direct, we go through Mercury retrograde you know it's just it's just, it's just part of the natural cycle of uh mercury so yeah it's really just kind of trying to align with what is this cycle of mercury and, if, and as we'll, we'll look like we'll look at the cycle of mercury will not be doing the same thing other planets are doing so it'll end up intersecting with other things going on if that makes yeah so i can go into a little bit so i have here just a list of some of the very, very many um, traditional significations of Mercury. Actually, a lot of these are taken either directly from certain translations or re-paraphrased a lot from, um, in particular, Vedius Valens. He was a second century mm-hmm. astrologer in Abu Mashar. He's like eighth, ninth century. And then just some, and then also just some of my own ideas as well as other people. But there's a big list and it's actually a lot more than this. And I was just sure. trying to think about how to put some of them down to s- sort of not necessarily categories, but, and also that would fit on a slide, but there's a lot to Mercury. Um, I think sometimes we just think about it means like speech. One thing I didn't really like for my studies when I was younger was people would talk about Mercury is, and also Gemini is like linear and like logical and just kind of taking the surface or putting things together. Um, And it's, to me, Mercury is like way, there's so much more going on with Mercury than that. So like, as we know, you know, stuff like education, interpreting things, communicating, speech, writing, hearing, you know, having a revelation and sharing it. Those are all, of course, really fundamental, being able to reason, strategize, calculate, you know, survey. Um, And you can also think about, you know, weaving things together, mediating things. Um, There's all the stuff that goes also with money and mercantile activities, um, like commerce and measuring things, weighing things. Marketing goes with Mercury also. Um, There's also the entire art of astrology is Mercury as well as divination in general, working with omens. Um, And then the ones at the bottom that I have here are also just really important. And I think all these things come into Mercury retrograde, but I think some of the ones at the bottom come up a little bit more. I mean, one of the things about Mercury is it is all about arguing, disputing things, contesting things, debating things, 
you know, being able to put different things up against one another and go in between them and weave in between them and pull something out and always be changing. It's not stable. You know, things really fluctuate with Mercury. They go up, they go down. Mercury's a trickster. Mercury's a, th um, a thief. And so during Mercury retrograde, some of those things get really intensified also, where you might have a big loss or you might have some kind of trick trickery happen to you or, you know, things going up and down. Um, you have some kind of communication breakdown or miscommunication, but generally there's usually something to really go into and kind of dig into there. And just like Mercury is all about, you know, omens and divination and weaving things together and, you know, um, getting revelations. There's usually all those things that happen. There tends to be an important reason for them. If you kind of go into them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's really neat. I just approached this down in the chat a little bit, but even just getting to see a list of, of just words, just ideas, this is an opportunity today to reshape our understanding of Mercury, have a, a, an openness to a different understanding of Mercury and mercurial relationship um, in, our, in our own charts and our understanding as even as transiting Mercury, because this is a lot and it is not just communication, you know, the, the lower mind and those kinds of things. This opens up Mercury's possibilities in our lives um, to a vast amount of like one word things that we can take and meditate on and, and be with. So I love that. Thank you for this. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, fundamentally too, if you think about the sun as just being like this source animating our whole solar system and all of the planets, and of course the moon then meeting everything, mediating everything, you know, moving around us and bringing everything down. And, um, you know, Mercury is always, you know, never more than 28 degrees from the sun. It's always nearby the sun. It's the closest wandering planet is actually going to station and move backwards to the sun. And so it's only 28 degrees from the sun. It's the moon is always either coming, you know, the moon's always either ending a cycle and hitting Mercury at the dark moon or actually right before the dark moon or basically in the dark moon. Um, sometimes the moon's still visible though, when that happens and then or at a new moon you know the new moon is just waxing at the beginning of its cycle and so it's always like mediating these things and i that really to me goes with that deeper sense of yeah revelation yeah and um it's not always rational um it's not always logical um you know there's this more kind of deeper prophetic thing going on you can pick up with mercury also yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's like the, um, you know, I tend to think of the, of the sun, you know, because even when we look at declination, we're not looking at Saturn as like the ruling energy that you're out of bounds of. We're looking at the out of bounds of the sun. And so the things that hover close to or go around the sun, I feel like they have an extravagant importance to us. And Mercury is that message bearer. He's either waving the flag or getting the message for the next flag he's going to wave um, as they kind of dance throughout the sky. And it's always an important message that I think feeds our sun energy and motivates, right? So it's, it's so, this is one of my favorite planets because I think we have a lot more tied to how we do life from this planet than sometimes we're able to give it credit for. So yeah, definitely big fan. <laughs> yeah. 
So just kind of going with that, um, one of the things about it being so changeable and unstable is that um, it's the fastest moving planet. So it's actually changing its phases the most. Um, and so the other thing is, you know, Mercury is also the only planet that isn't actually a day planet or a night planet. It's not known as a benefic or malefic. It's not known as masculine or feminine. It moves in between them. And the way that all of those different categories, if you want to try to put a label on your Mercury, you have to do that by looking at the aspect it has with the sun, um, the aspects it makes with other planets. It's sort of like this um, celestial kind of mixer that kind of mixes into and mixes up with the other planets. It will take whatever planet it's making an aspect to, it can kind of pick up, um, you know, and kind of absorb a little bit of that quality of the planet. Um, and so, yeah, as it's, um, and so because of that, it's, it's this great mediator. So all binaries and polarities, it kind of moves in between and helps us sort out. And that's one of the important things I think to really think about during uh, Mercury retrograde also. So yeah, either day or night, masculine, feminine, uh, moving between the conscious and the unconscious, putting us in touch with spirit and matter. How does spirit come into matter? Um, what is, you know, that, that quality in particular, I think is really important um, because of it, like I mentioned with it mediating between the solar and the lunar and the sense of senses and intelligence, conscious and unconscious. Um, the fact that it also is this planet about borders and transitions and stories changing, it really helps us um, get in touch with that um, in terms of discerning what's happening in our story, how are things changing, you know, what, what are, and especially if you want to take it to the deeper level of like your destiny or your soul and, you know, what are you here to do with your life? Um, Mercury being there and it's always so close to the sun and kind of mediating the moon with the sun is really putting us in touch with that and how, um, you know, if you, if you, even if you look at the hermetic lots, when they give a lot to Mercury, it's the lot of necessity. Um, there's old talk about um, in a text by Macrobius of Saturnalia, where he talks about the caduceus of uh, Mercury having these two snakes yeah. and they're, um, you know, bound together in the, night, the knot of necessity and they kind of weave up and where the two things come together to, at the top. So like on that image I have here, that my friend uh, Bradley Narrigan actually made. Um, you can actually see it looks like there's two snakes in a knot. That's like the knot of necessity there. And then when they come up in the crescent, it's like two snakes coming together for a kiss of um, Eros. And that idea of Eros necessity, you know, what do we want to do, but what are we having to face in the world and things not working out? And we're in this realm of suffering and things dying, right? And I think Mercury is like a really intrinsic factor in how we're mediating that, that wor the world we're in and the life we have um, incarnated here. And so when it's retrograde, one of the things that is happening, I mean, destabilizing things is actually part of what Mercury does. And so it gets a bad reputation, I think, because sometimes difficult things do happen and things don't go the way you want. You know, you have to, or like you're saying, a lot of times you have to review and go back over something. You can't really go forward 
before you go back to something else and then you can kind of go forward again. Um, that's also kind of breaking up this, whatever crystallized sense of what we think is supposed to happen. And cause there's always more going on than we realize. Mm -hmm. And so if you kind of work with Mercury in that way, it's going to put you in touch with those things better and kind of figure out more like, Hey, what's really going on here for me? What do I really need to understand here? Right. That yeah, I love that you're like talking about how he transitions though, because gosh, isn't that pertinent in the world right now? We have definitely yeah. been destabilized and we are making all sorts of transitions globally, you know, politically, economically, personally within our homes. And so, and Mercury has a big old hand in that. And your Mercury has a big old hand in that, how you're doing with that. Yeah, and you know, Mercury is, I mean, Mercury likes debate. And so Mercury, it's not like Mercury isn't please, doesn't enjoy some discord and instability, but you know, Mercury likes, Mercury does not like, I don't, in my opinion, just like this is, I'm right. Like this is just the way things are. And then just people just like hit slamming into each other or just like, you know, not even listening to the other side, which is where we are. Um, and so what Mercury's all about is, is taking that energy and, and breaking it up and figuring out, you know, how can we work with this, this polarity this, and this polarized conflict we're in. Right. Um, and certainly that's going to be happening this year with the Mercury retrogrades. And as we'll talk about, they're actually lined up with two of the exact Saturn Uranus squares, which in the USA totally goes with what's going on right now and how this is going to be a really long process of. Oh, yeah polarized conflict and um, rupturing among the people here. Yeah, this is not a one and done. Yeah. <laughs> and and no. uh, thank God we've got some Aquarius. Thank God we've got air on stage right now because there's a yeah. lot of rethinking, unthinking. It's like, Definitely. you know, relearn or what is it? Um, uncover, recover, discard, <laughs> right? Like mm -hmm. we're going to have to do a lot of that and we've got to do that in air energy for sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So um, years ago, it was Demetra George was the first one I ever heard talk about Mercury being a psychopomp. And there's some really good lectures she has on her site on that. I think they're from like 2012 or 2011 or 2010, something like that. And um, at least that's when I first came across it. And that was the thing that actually made me understand Mercury retrograde. Um, almost like it just totally changed the way I thought about it. And that's the idea that, you know, one of Mercury's roles and Hermes roles is to go into the underworld mm -hmm. to help basically transition souls into the underworld, um, out of the underworld. It, it, Mercury is like the, obviously the Greek God that can go into the underworld, back out of the underworld. And that during its retrograde, it takes on this psychopomp role. Um, and just in general, regardless of its Mercury retrograde or a different phase, part of its idea of being a, um, you know, kind of looking over crossroads and taking us through these different liminal passages. We see that with the different phases it makes and the fact that it has the most speed, the most change in speed of all the planets. It goes visible, it goes invisible like the most. Um, like when Venus goes retrograde, you make a really big deal about it. Or when Mars goes retrograde, you make a really big deal about it. But Mercury's doing this at least three times a year. And part of these big transitions, um, one is when it goes from being visible to being invisible, 
Another one is when it either stations retrograde or stations direct. And all of these, these things, as you start paying attention to the cycle, you kind of realize that Mercury is always setting up these different sort of liminal phases to kind of initiate you through. And you're going to enter it on one side of the way you're thinking about things. And with Mercury retrograde, you can definitely come out the other side really regenerated, revivified, refreshed, renewed, um, new, new sense of ideas and, and things. Um, and so one of the really important ideas, and we'll look at here more in a second, is just that when Mercury does station retrograde, it's always moving from being an evening star seen right after in twilight after sunset into eventually on the other side, after it goes invisible, becoming, um, you know, reborn right before dawn and the sunrise and being a morning star in its morning star phase. Sure. So one of the ways to just first start entering what is Mercury retrograde in initiating into is just our experience um, of sun sunset and twilight and these changing colors and the shifts of colors, these different hues and moving in between different colors. And there's a real mystery there. There's a way you can really go into that. And that, that's, that can be a very profound experience. You know, when you just watch a sunset and you're really still with it and you kind of go into that experience. And that's really entering the realm of um, Hermes to me. And you probably know that Mercury has its joy in the first house, which is obviously the house of the ascendant. Um, and so it's all about these sort of like transitions like that. So once it goes into Mercury, you know, it, it goes from stationing into moving retrograde. It is moving slower from our, than it normally does from our perspective. Um, that stationing is really important to pay attention to. Um, I think not like, I mean, obviously we should all always at all times be extremely mindful and in the moment, but um, human nature in our culture tends to be not to be. And, you know, people are often kind of sleepwalking or not paying attention to what's going on. So when Mercury does station, that is definitely a time to be just do everything you can to cultivate mindfulness and just be really paying attention because it, it's a very like intensified Mercury. Yeah. And then when Mercury is retrograde, it's moving slower, it's closer to us, it's really intensified. So there's not as much speed to like um, get things done but there's this really deep, concentrated, intensified mercurial focus available. Um, it's also going to really pull us within, and it's going to generally tend to be more receptive to, to going within the unconscious, opening up a sort of symbolic perception that goes beyond words. Of course, synchronicities are always happening, but there can be more synchronicity, synchronicities following that kind of train of thought versus just your linear logical mind frame um, is going to actually, I find it to be more helpful when Mercury is retrograde, just kind of really taking that more um, intuitive route with things, paying attention to your dreams, any omen happening around you, which of course you can always do, but I just think this is all really intensified during Mercury retrograde. It's also... Um, you know, I don't have a slide of this. And the person I know that does the most work with us is Gary Caton, 
Love. But they also do the Mercury loops. So the thing is, it's not, we have on our mind that Mercury's like going forward and going back, but it's actually making like loops. It's going way off the ecliptic or yeah. it's kind of making these zigzag patterns. So it's really, it's calling. I mean, it's, it's, it's very obviously just showing us in this, it's moving in the sky that you're leaving your normal path. You're, you're opening up to something new. Um, Mercury is obviously connected to alchemy. So the way that you separate things, destabilize things in order to bring them back together, purify them through this, this passage, um, especially as it stations and approaches its union with the sun, that's a great time to try to like release things, um, declutter, reorganize, um, break up old habits that you have. But at the same time, like you mentioned, if you are call, if you're noticing, oh, I got to go back and work on this, you want to, you want to, take that nod like that it's it's generally like yes it's actually vitally important that you go back and work on that um one thing i often do too is even i'll try to pay attention before you even get to mercury retrograde so like if mm -hmm. there's something with my car and mercury's starting to slow down i'm just gonna be like okay go take a look at that or just anything you know that might be coming up that's related to this like i mean you know it's coming so you might as well kind of get things more ready, yeah. ready for it, you know? Yeah. I talk a lot about how, when we enter into, especially Mercury, when we enter into his shadow time, I'm like, okay, he's starting to slow. So take some note, just start to slow down, get very conscious of what's happening around you. And that may be peaking your attention for, you know, I, it needs some attention because as we get through, that is likely something you're going to be working on, or you can take the time to be very intentional to go back in and focus on what you started to see as the slowdown was happening. And then you can give it the rest of the time on the other side to fully resolve. So being that present consciousness to what is being peaked, like you're talking about mm -hmm. is priceless. Yeah, totally. Definitely. So just to make sure people understand what I'm talking about in case you don't know, uh, this image on the left, an evening star, and if you want to know about your own chart, it's always Mercury is ahead of the sun by zodiacal degree. So, um, and these slides are actually taken from the last Mercury retrograde that went from Scorpio to Libra back in October to the um, wonderful last um, election we just had in the USA. So, um, when it stations, it's ahead of the sun. And you can see this on that slide on the left, the sun is setting. You can still see Mercury. It's above the horizon. Mm -hmm. um, and then there, we'll, we'll talk about in a moment, a moment, there's an important period once it gets within 15 degrees roughly or so and, and goes invisible. And that's when it's really kind of like going into the underworld. And then we can't see Mercury for a while. It's reanimated by the sun. And then generally right but pretty close to the time it's stationing direct we can see mercury again and on that slide on the right you can see it's sunrise there and mercury is above the horizon so that's mercury at the end of the retrograde cycle like the two stationings brilliant and so this is um just a graphic of of uh, the mercury cycle and so if um this, this graphic is attempting to show that the sun is in the middle there of the circle. 
and the earth is like mercury is basically orbiting in between the earth and the sun so the mercury retrograde is always going to be when we are um you know mercury's in between us and the sun there's another part of mercury's cycle that's really important that you also want to be paying attention to that we're not going to be talking about here today but that's the superior conjunction and that is when mercury is on the other side of the sun from us so i think of that as being kind of more of a celestial conjunction where mercury is like really far away it's moving direct it's moving really fast um, whereas the retrograde it's moving backwards from our perspective it's really slow it's really close to us it's more tonic or kind of like this underworld earth like pulling you into the into the underworld kind of a quality sure um the other thing that's really important so then between 15 degrees of the sun is a thing to look at you know, Mercury's technically going to be visible or invisible different times, different places. But the 15 degree rule generally works really well. And I think it's something you can use and rely on. So generally speaking, when, once Mercury gets within 15 degrees of the sun, we can't see it. Okay. And if you remember, you know, Mercury, when it when it's closer to, to something, it takes on that quality. So as Mercury gets closer and closer to the sun, it's taking on these solar qualities. So it's sort of like this solar furnace, just like more like burning things up. And it's very purgative and cathartic. You know, it's like throwing things into a fire. And um, then it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's also basically dying. Each time it comes towards the sun, it's, en it's ending a phase. Astrologers love to argue about which one of these is the beginning of the cycle. Um, being very mercurial in this, for this talk, it doesn't actually matter to me because they're both death and rebirth periods. Whenever this Mercury comes to the sun, it's ending a phase, it's dying, burning up, it's reanimated by the sun. Um, and then, so once it starts pulling away from the sun, you're still kind of in this liminal place where things are, you know, things are still kind of forming. And it's going to be when Mercury becomes visible again, and it's that's usually around a stationing direct that we're going to be maybe be more kind of like aware of, you know, what is this new thing? It's kind of sort of in that way, like a um, like a new moon, like the new moon happens. We're kind of in the mystery, the dark moon, we're clearing, we get the crescent light moon and we're we're starting to get a better sense of it. Um, the other really major thing. People talk about the retrograde shadow zone, shadow zone and we'll men I'll mention that. And that's important just as far as degree-wise. But I think it um, can be inaccurate to people because I think they think that means, oh, now I'm in a retrograde shadow zone and like the stuff's going to all start happening. Right. We're actually, that's like a really nice phase of Mercury. But when it hits the maximum elongation of an evening star, that's the point where Mercury starts slowing down. That's actually the, the key point of its cycle. Um, that's when it starts matching the speed of the sun. Then it's slowing down. Then it stations. So it's like up high and then it's going to station and come down and be invisible. Then it's going to come back up, be visible, station direct. And then it gets to the max elongation of a morning star. It's then catching up to the speed of the sun. It's then moving faster than the sun. And that's when we get, you know, that really fast morning star Mercury that I think is sort of the Mercury a lot of people kind of have in their minds um, about Mercury, that that's the one that lines up with it, like the most, uh, the most with it. 
The other thing is these inferior conjunctions, superior conjunctions that happen, they tend to, um, actually one more thing about this is you, for the superior conjunction one, you really just got to pay attention to when it gets to be around that 15 degree mark. It, it doesn't station. Um, there's normally not everybody on Twitter and Instagram um, blasting messages about Mercury stationing because it doesn't station, it just moves into the sun. So, but the same thing actually happens there and it's really important, but you need to just be like paying attention to that because that's, that's another little phase that that's important. So those superior conjunctions and then the inferior conjunctions that happen when Mercury is retrograde, they tend to be in the same element but not always. And it's not like they actually make a perfect six pointed star like this. But if we just look at the sun, so this next year, we're gonna have all the Mercury retrograde inferior conjunctions in air signs. So they're gonna be in Aquarius, Libra, and Gemini. All of the superior conjunctions next year are gonna be in the three fire signs. Mm. And so it actually forms that six pointed star, you know, which is obviously a very, um, ancient, like above, below, integrating things, quality, which, which, you know, which lines up with Mercury. So the ones this year, again, um, February 8th. So if you have stuff around these degrees, um, it's going to be really important. And these are all, again, these are all degrees where Mercury is basically being reanimated and being reborn. The uh, ones at the top here are the ones when Mercury is retrograde. So that's gonna be February 8th at 20 degrees Aquarius, June 10th at 20 degrees Gemini, and October 9th at 16 and a half degrees Libra. And then the three superior conjunctions, which is when Mercury's like moving fast into the sun and direct you know, on the other side of us, that's gonna be April 18th at the very end of Aries, um, August 1st at about nine degrees and a half of Leo, and November 28th at seven degrees of Sagittarius. Mm, that's interesting. So I'm just thinking as we're going through this, we're getting ready to have this full moon on the 28th that's going to be at nine degrees of Leo between the, um, I'm just wondering if there is a connection that we can find or look at between the Mercury and the moon cycle at this time, you know, between what is happening or ending or culminating at this time. And we can tie that back and take a review of it in in August or see that see it kind of on fire as it were um yeah I mean I think that's interesting yeah there's going to be a full moon at the end of this month in Leo and then um yeah I mean July and August have a lot of stuff with Leo I think July is like Mars and Venus and Leo hitting the Uranus sure. Saturn square and that August 1st one in Leo um you know, just remember that Saturn is going to be generally opposite that. And it's not exactly, but it's sort of opposite that in Aquarius and Uranus is going to be squaring that in Taurus. So, yeah, I mean, there is going to be a, what happens with this Leo full moon? Yeah, I, I, I do think you can do that. There's probably a connection there. Um, it's a year of air and fire. So these are all very like much more, um, the thing they have in common is very like active, making things happen fast sure so probably like change and it's just going to go with this being like this year of great change things happening fast and having to adapt to that yeah the good thing is air and fire sit uh sextile to each other and typically mm -hmm. when energies have sex that's all right for us <laughs> right like we at least are provided the opportunity 
to intelligently and in an evolved way take some kind of action with it. And as the upheavals are happening personally, society, societally, we're able to maybe um, respond in ways that are, they will be quick. It will be quick adaption. I totally. Think. And also, so these are powerful kind of rebirth moments, like reseeding moments. But it also means there's around these dates, there's sort of a breakdown and rebirth of Mercury stuff happening in your life. So wherever you have these signs, just kind of keep in mind that too, like that's going on around this too. So these parts of your chart are going to, Mercury's going to kind of take you through a little experience with these, you know, in the, in the dates around all these, especially like the weeks surrounding each of these dates for sure. Um, and so just this one I can do kind of quicker because we've already been kind of talking about it. But um, like I mentioned before, we're in this new air, era of air related to Jupiter, Saturn. And um, Saturn, of course, is one of the triplicity rulers of air signs. So in case you don't know, um, traditionally in a day chart, Saturn is going to be ruling the air signs or the triplicity lord and at night mercury is the ruler of the um air signs but the air is the element for mercury and mercury likes air and you know it's very mobile flexible versatile and so all these changes we're going to be going through there's going to be so many rapid changes redistribution structures collapsing so much going on this year like you mentioned before it's it's a time to really kind of slow down kind of ground reorient to what is going on um, with us and society and personal lives and the collective during each of these retrograde passages and really make the space to um, readjust you know process attune you know like recalibrate and the thing that I think is the real, one of the real issues in society is a lack of critical thinking and people just thinking that the way they think about things is the right way and mm -hmm. not being open to really um, testing their theories about what is happening around them in the world. Um, and so Mercury loves you to have a flexibility of consciousness and being open to always continually questioning things, questioning your, that means questioning yourself and questioning what you think about something and being open to other people's perspectives. So if we can step into that, it's going to actually be helpful. Um, obviously also leaving this big air transition, you know, there's, there's things that are no longer going to be working as well, outdated. So hopefully use these times to kind of, you know, release and shed what's not working anymore, get open to what's happening, adapting, modifying, that kind of thing. Um, it's not this year in general, it's going to be harder to be like, this is what I want to have happen. I mean, you can still do that in a lot of cases, but you're going to have to be open to like things, you know, Saturn, Uranus squaring the whole year. <laughs> it's not going to all be in your control at all times. And so, you know, you're going to need to kind of move with it yeah. and not just be locked in. Like I have to do it this way. It has to be done, you know, right now at this time, like we couldn't even do this meeting when we had it planned. Originally. Right. Right. And um, yeah. And the, the other thing is hopefully everyone is getting into some really exciting ideas and projects they want to do. And especially if you want to do something, you know, artistically, 
or writing or research or whatever it is, these Mercury retrograde periods, I think are, are really great for like research and really like if you can make the space to really focus in on something, there's like this really strong intensified focus that's there. Um, so you just need to kind of make the space to whatever that exciting idea or project you've got going um, that's lined up with all these changes. Yeah. Um, you know, put some, make some time for that during these periods also. And that, that, that means too, like we're talking about being open to like, okay, this idea actually wasn't so good. I need to do something different, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, that is like, it, that, that's the big thing that I was coming to, even as we launched the Kickstarter and other ideas that we've got going on still behind the scenes is these ideas that it's like, sometimes you have to launch a big Uranian idea out there. But the key, I think so much of this year is to not be too attached because there's a lot of moving parts. So it's, it's very observational. Really. I feel like in a lot of the things that I'm doing or that people are doing, and it's like the less deep attachment you can have to some of those ideas, the more you can cultivate the space to see what the right fit in changing times actually is, you know? So, cause I do believe that for many of us this year, we're going to see a lot of failed ideas, but yeah. is it failure that is like, okay, it doesn't work that way. And then you can reorient or is it like, oh my God, it's failure. I'm the worst. You know, you have some options where to take it, but I just think there's going to be a lot of not successes in some of our ideas this year. And that is totally okay. We've got retrograde in air, just step back and review that thing. Right. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Totally. I agree. Complete. Yeah, that's exactly it. So how much uh, time do we have left? Oh yeah. Well, until we're done. Okay. Um, Cause I have, so what I have here is I can go through each of the retrogrades and that's why I'll just kind of figure out how much time we had to talk about each one. Um, so the first so you just let me know, um, but I have, I can go, we can talk about each one individually if you want, maybe like, I don't know how, five or 10 minutes for each one. Or yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's give a little preview here. Okay, cool. So um, the first one is coming up and the people that want to pay attention to are, what, hey, when is the retrograde shadow zone? Um, we are, you're in it right now. So we've already, we are in the retrograde shadow zone of this one that's coming up. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with Mercury right now. And that's the thing I just want to get across, especially in this one, like Mercury right now, especially this next week, this is like an awesome Mercury. It's a Mercury evening star. It's increasing in light. It's a, it's a great Mercury. It's, it's one of the most positive things we have going on in astrology right now, right now right? with a bunch of difficult things happening. Mm -hmm. um, but it is within the degree range right now where it is eventually going to come back to you. So we've, we've entered the place where like where Mercury is now, we're, we're going to come back to this in February. And so sometimes there are events that start happening right now that we're gonna see come in. And I think that's the way to kind of work with the idea of the shadow zone is like the different stories or events that are kind of kicking up right now or, or starting to show up. Sometimes those events really take Mercury getting away and coming back and then moving forward again um, before the, 
there you have better resolution. Yeah. Or sometimes when Mercury comes back later, there's a really important realization about whatever's going on right now. Yeah. So we are in a place now where that part of it is good just to keep in mind, like some of the stuff starting to happen now are, is going to be part of the story. Obviously it doesn't take a, um, anybody that has amazing insight to realize how this relates to what's going on in the United States of America right now. Um, and, and we're obviously in a retrograde shadow zone and the events happening this week, we're going to be probably dealing with for at least a decade with the gravity, but certainly we're going to be having them come back in the news and we'll probably see stuff really going back and forth, you know, through February and stuff mm -hmm. still kind of, and there might be a return to some of these stories that we're seeing showing up and that's going to be the same in your personal life. So where the, um, I forgot to share this earlier, but one, it's not always exact, but you, you, you can look at different sites to find out when the maximum elongations are. But, um, and actually Gary Keaton has a book called Hermetica Triptica. Hermetica Triptica. Yeah, which is like the, really the best book I've seen on Mercury. And the, one of the things that's really useful is in the back, he has an ephemeris that gives you yes. the maximum elongations it's and inferior conjunctions. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Do you want to show the ephemeris? Yes. And this book is just... The book is actually really good. I would recommend reading the book, but even yeah. if you didn't like, yeah, the ephemeris is actually, it's just like a really useful ephemeris actually, so in addition to a good book. <laughs> I don't know if you guys yeah. can see it well, but yeah, maybe it's not. super small, but you can grab it. It is super useful in the way that he's laid some things out is really nice. Yeah. It's, it's very useful yeah. and it's, yeah. And so, but those degrees, so where Mercury um, gets reanimated, reanimated by the sun on February 8th, around 20 Aquarius. Um, I didn't put on the, on the degrees of the elongations, but they're going to be sort of roughly around that same degree. Um, I don't remember what they actually are, but they're the plate, the same degree. That's, what's really interesting. So that when Mercury on January 23rd, it hits the maximum elongation, it's going to start to slow down. That's going to be roughly around the 20 degree range where Mercury is going to eventually come back and get reanimated by the sun. And then it's going to, you know, go back station direct, come forward again. And when it comes forward again, starts to speed up. That's going to also be roughly around that same 20 degree range. Mm -hmm. So that degree range of the inferior conjunction actually has like this three pass thing um, across the whole trajectory of it. Um, so anyway, in this case, Mercury starts slowing down on the 23rd, but it's going to be a week later when it actually stations retrograde. And so at that time, January 30th, February 1st, will be a really great time to um, be really present and mindful. Um, people that like to celebrate the cross-quarter days, that's the um, day of the um, Celtic goddess Bridget. Some people call it Candlemas, Imbolc. It's like the cross quarter, you know, midwinter date. Although I guess technically that's a little bit later in February when the sun gets to 15 Aquarius, but it tends to be celebrated there. And I think that would be a great time to do something there. Even if you just have a candle and you're really being centered on about something about, you know, what's going on. Um, February 8th is when you get the reanimation of the sun. February 20th is when it stations direct at 11 degrees. 
then it's going to be in March when it's moving direct, starting to pick up speed. And so it won't be until March 12th mm -hmm. that it fully leaves this um, 11 degree to 26 and a half degree range. Yeah. So that's that 11 degree to 26 and a half degree range. If you have wherever that is in your chart from right now where we are um, all the way until mid-March, you're going to have Mercury basically moving back and forth between this, this part of your chart. So really important area to, um, to pay attention to. Yeah, which is really interesting because I'm just um, preparing to record the March forecasts. And it's like in March, we, we do, you get mid-March and there is this like deep breath because you have yeah, there is. <laughs> released and revived a little something. I mean, it's still a tricky year in terms of any kind of election, for God's sakes. But there is the mid-March release that I think all of us are like, Ooh, come on, yeah, March. <laughs> definitely. And I think even once you get to, um, you know, I always love, I'm a Pisces, so I love uh, Pisces season. Sure. But um, it's going to be a nice period of recovery this year, I think. Oh, my gosh. When Mercury moves into Pisces, I do feel like all of us are going to be like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for, you know, like where you can assimilate and absorb everything that has happened since last time Mercury was in Pisces really and go, yeah. okay, how do I assimilate all of this into my life? How do I take the downtime that I need? But also now what am I aware of creatively that I'll be prepared as Mercury marches into Aries, you know, that I can do something with. So I think the Pisces season is going to be good for everybody. Yeah, that's a great, um, that makes me think of like, you know, last year we had Mercury retrograde and water signs. So like you're describing there, you know, water like brings us down, like things sink down and we have to kind of absorb things and yeah. maybe kind of embody things more. And there's like these depths of feeling air is going to be like things like, you know, really circulating and moving around. So it's going to be a different quality of Mercury retrograde um, to just kind of be navigating in that way. Yeah. This is when Mercury is reanimated and it will give you a sense of um, how many things are in Aquarius at this time. Um, so at that 20 degrees, but what I have here is um, just some of the things that are going on with it. So this idea of like an Aquarius deluge, just like this, everything is basically going to be this like flooding of Aquarius, where um, especially on the around the new moon on February 11th, um, everything visible except for Mars is going to actually be in Aquarius, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Sun, Jupiter, and Saturn. Um, the other really big thing going on is, of course, Mars being in Taurus, which we're already dealing with right now. And um, we're going to be experiencing this next week, Mars really um, stirring everything up yes. and being very disruptive. Um, so in this, once we get to the Mercury retrograde, you know, Mars is no longer going to be exactly with Uranus um, like it is now. Um, but it's going to come in and really impact the Mercury retrograde. Mm -hmm. So right around that same new moon in Aquarius on the February 11th, the day before it on the 10th, like during the dark moon, we're going to get an exact um, Mercury Mars square. Mm -hmm. 
And um, that also means back on this other slide that the conjunction, you know, Mars is like 16 degrees and the conjunction is at like 20 degrees. So basically Mercury is like reanimated by the sun and then moving right into like the square with Mars. So there's definitely more big disruption there. And it means that, um, Oh, did your stuff jump off? Yeah, it's kind of hilarious because this actually happened when I was doing a consult with somebody um, <laughs> uh, yesterday, actually about the same time period because their chart was like really, and I actually knocked my mic plug out twice wow. while talking to them about this exact same time period. <laughs> um, so it's going to be, um, so like I already knew, it was, yeah, it's, it's a definite thing with this. So like, yeah, I mean, couldn't there be, you know, you, you knocking out your mic cord while you're uh, <laughs> live on, on YouTube, like definitely, and just uh, things may be getting disrupted. But what's really interesting is it's a real mix. So as basically as soon as that happens, Venus is coming together with Jupiter, like at the exact same time. And then basically Mercury moves from squaring Mars into um venus almost immediately like within a couple days it just goes from like mars into venus and then it goes into jupiter on february 14th which is really so there's sort of like important disruption and recovery kind of thing happening yes. so, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what i'm thinking because you know you've got all of this intense um aquarian energy which is about i'm gonna just say it right? I'm going to just say the thing. So we've already got that. And then you take the say words planet and square it to the action planet over there. And we can rashly say things. Our relationships can become problematic because I just said what I was thinking, right? But thank God Venus and Jupiter come back around because it's like, hold on. I mean, that was what I was thinking, but let me tidy that maybe a little bit, right? So it, it is this vibration in that first like couple weeks that is it's an intense a lot of, of communication i feel like yeah totally <laughs> it's and and because of what's going on in the world um you know i think this is this is gonna be a really important time to kind of like we'll probably see something like if things are not working like you're gonna you know this would be important to really pay attention to what's not working but then because we get this disruption and venus jupiter is there really to kind of help it's, this is a good time to really like, just be ready to change, uh, really adapt mm -hmm. as needed. And that literally leads us exactly. So we then get the Saturn Uranus square, like a couple of days later on February 17th. Yep. So this is as we can feel in the um, fabric of our collective, you know, interconnectivity right now, this is already happening. But that's the Saturn Uranus square right now is actually going to continue to really be building in intensity until right here. And you know, this is when we get the exact first square. So um, this Mercury retrograde is, is just really, really, really important. Um, not just because of this huge influx of Aquarius that's happening, um, because it's kind of mediating this whole, so everything going playing out now with like Mars and Uranus and squaring Saturn Uranus, you know, and, and Jupiter, Mer this Mercury retrograde is just like taking us like into it. Yeah. 
So um, it's a really pivotal time to be paying attention to and making the adjustments you need. Yeah, and thinking about what we think about, right? Or how or why I think that or I believe that. I think that that is really important right now too because if there are things or frustrations i think that we have as a nation or as a people and we're trying to kind of push those down that's not really constructive use of that this particular mercurial energy because it's actually trying to pop us out of the other side and say here's what's not working about your thinking but another thing i'm thinking of in the entire cycle is how invaluable the perspective of someone else is on what you're looking at as long as it's constructive seek legal help professional help Help, an outside third perspective that has no, you know, is not trying to be critical of your life because we, we may not understand why we can't unthink what we're thinking, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, and Mercury retrograde also don't be like afraid, like, oh, I need to like sign a con, I need to do this. And no, I can't do it because Mercury's retrograde. Because I mean, sometimes there can be issues and, and you do need to pay attention, but I've seen so many people make really important moves like moving into a place or buying something important that really turned out to be a really pivotal thing. And maybe they had some mercury retrograde things, but it doesn't mean like it's doomed. I mean, yeah, sometimes you do something, you initiate something during mercury retrograde and it's very like, it's not what it seems. You have to work it back out, sure. but there's so many examples of people doing important things during mercury retrograde it's it's not like it just you should be not doing it trying not to do anything you're going to need to take action and be responding to things and getting the help you need and all those types of things yeah it's, um, it's so funny people are like asking about your scone <laughs> they wanted to make sure you didn't drop your scone <laughs> no that's right here see um, this is a very torn community we care about your snacks yeah yeah, if anybody ever comes to um, Olympia, this is from the San Francisco Street Bakery. It's a, it's kind of a sentimental scone for me, to be honest. So you're still not going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have I'll, I'll I'll have some here in a second. Um, the th- I was going to make a point though about um, the the plans becoming visible. That's the other factor I haven't mentioned. You know, the Saturn, Jupiter, they're all um, going invisible right now. So we're not going to be able to see them anymore. And in the same period, which is like lining up with like this new moon and this all that stuff we're just talking about, they're all going to be coming visible. Like Saturn's going to become visible. You know, Mercury and Jupiter are both going to become visible. So there's going to be, it's just this big important thing about, like I'm saying, like awareness, like what's working, what's not working. And then after Mercury stations direct on the 20th, which is like the same time we go into like Pisces time, it's just like, it doesn't even make it back to Saturn, but it kind of gets over there. And it's like, then it's just moving towards Jupiter. And that goes all the way into March. And that's like that period you're just talking about. So that's where it seems like, yeah, we have this really unstable time period, but then there's like this, like, how do we recover from this? that comes after that, if that makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I have a full feeling of that. It's really, I feel like that is like that whole um, time frame after we like get stirred up in February, we really do have the, how do we recover? <laughs> like what's next kind of, kind of vibe. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. Restorative yoga. Bring that into your life. Definitely. Um, yeah. So unless there's something else, we can move on to the next one. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So then we got Mercury retrograde in Gemini. So something I should have said about that last one was one thing that's interesting about that is Mercury's retrograde in Aquarius and Saturn rules Aquarius and Saturn's in that sign the whole time. So that's actually hopefully going to be kind of helpful. Although there's obviously a Saturn Uranus score happening at the same time. So just going to be very like disruptive. This one, Mercury's in its own sign. So Mercury um, is at home in Gemini. This is like straight up Mercury directly expressing itself in the world, which also means we get a very pure Mercury retrograde. Um, you know, Mercury's in its own sign going retrograde. This is going to start on, um, so May 14th, which is right around the same time Jupiter goes into Pisces is when Mercury goes into the shadow zone. So it's basically going from like 16 degrees to like 25 degrees of Gemini. So that's the part of your chart you wanna pay attention to. Um, May 17th is when it's slowing down. The end of May is when it's stationing retrograde. And then mid-June 10th is the actual reanimation at 20 degrees of Gemini. Then right around the sol right after the solstice, it's stationing direct. Basically, the solstice, it's going to be a stationing Mercury. I'm pretty sure it's also a stationing Jupiter then too in Pisces. Um, that's like at 16 Gemini. And then, you know, then we're in this period of, um, you know, so once Mercury stations direct, um, you again need to be really mindful. And whatever this new presence, these new ideas, these new conceptions you've been getting together, this is a time period to start, you know, really centering, trying to integrate it, bringing, bringing that into your life. And then as we hit that July 5th maximum elongation, you really want to be, you know, bringing it in. That's when Mercury's like speeding up and you can kind of really be, uh, Mercury's more available, like you were saying before, like that's like the Mercury's moving faster and you know, making this stuff happen and that sort of thing. Mm. And then it's going to leave the retrograde shadow zone on July 7th. Um, and that's the conjunction. So this is, uh, as you can tell from this image, perhaps this is basically right after a solar eclipse. Yeah. Okay. So there's a solar eclipse like right at the same time. So that is one of the really um, important things about this particular Mercury retrograde is that it's during an eclipse season. Um, I don't know if, has there been anything you've noticed about that before, Stormy? I mean, for me, it's like, when we're talking about the sun and the moon and Mercury mediating these things and conscious unconscious, that's kind of how I think about this. Um, you know, um, it's just a much more, intensified in unstable things. So when we think about Mercury with like things coming into our life and leaving and losing things and gaining things, you know, Mercury tends to take something away, but something else shows up. We also think about, you know, eclipse season generally being like this too, just sort of intensified version of that. Yeah. I don't know if that's how you think about it at all or. Yeah, that's been my experience is that it is it is just more intense, but I, I tend to feel like when there is moon activity 
and mercury is very comfortable, there's like an increase in emotional intelligence, right? Like what, what can I do with that? Or what's really happening? It tends to have, I feel like, like the intensity, but the intelligence piece is like there, you know? And I think that that's really very, very neat to where it's like this high level of emotional sensitivity, or there can be changeable things happening for us, but it's like, well, what is it about the ability to question it and be with it at a different level intensity and judgment I think is, mm-hmm. is available, which is, is neat because at that time, you know, when we've had an eclipse there, it tends to be something important going on, whether it's a decision or whatever. So to come at it with judgment that is framed and I think more clarity <laughs> is, is a neat, th- neat thing. Yeah, totally. And then, so what's interesting about that is, um, this idea of like trying to get clarity, there's going to be a, um, you know, sort of veil of Neptune and that we're going to have to kind of be working through here. So um, I don't know if people remember last year, there was Venus went retrograde and Venus went retrograde squaring Neptune. We had this kind of extended square between Venus and Neptune. Which felt like Um, it was forever. (laughs) It, it, yes. Uh-huh. And it actually, that was a time, you know, of a lot of Venus retrograde protests and big, massive disruptions and things and people's getting different perspectives for some people that they hadn't realized before and that kind of thing. And Mercury was actually with Venus um, kind of at the same time. And this time it's different where again, Mercury and Venus are together and they're squaring Neptune but this time Venus is in Gemini and squaring Neptune is kind of moving through and Mercury is squaring Neptune, but Mercury is going to kind of go back and forth. And so this is a one that they Mercury and Venus both square Neptune again, but this year it's Mercury. The one is the one that's going to station retrograde and go through this really extended thing with Neptune. So the first time they square is on May 22nd, uh, which is a week before Mercury goes retrograde but it's only a few days before the first lunar eclipse. So the Mer- the Neptune square Mercury is like tied up in the lunar eclipse. You know, a week later, Mercury goes retrograde. And then a week, week or so later on June 5th, they square again, which is around the same time of the um, kind of leading into the solar eclipse. And then Mercury eventually station direct and come back. And it'll be July 5th that um it squares it excuse me it squares it again and that's actually around the same time that mercury is like starting to hit max elongation and speed up again so it's actually pretty interesting like it 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 really kind of encompasses this whole section of the mercury cycle um and so like yeah i mean conspiracy theories (laughs) out there like yes and people (laughs) that are just Project so like and how you deal with Neptune, you know, you can just like project your illusions on people mm-hmm. and just be caught up and you can be a martyr and you can be this like crusader that's just like, you know, you're martyring yourself for some cause you're self righteously and dogmatically attached to. Right. Hopefully what Mercury here is going to do is like, they'll give you some, so you want to work with this to like, yeah, kind of break up some of those ideas if you have them and yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I think about, you know, we're in Aquarian time, high social media, right? The like emotional vampires are going to be available, or maybe it's even coming out of us. Everybody yeah. has a season, right? Whatever it is, like the exchange, it's like, it's like people become really porous at that time, you know? So it's like paying attention to really what's happening. If you have illnesses that are susceptible to the moving between the worlds, um, addictions, anything like that. These are periods to, I think, take note of and make sure you're kind of on your A game spiritually, right? Because it's such a, I don't know about you, but I do, I just feel like it's like super permeable. The things that yeah. get to us, especially when Neptune and Mercury square each other, it's it, the, the clarity is. Yeah. If you, if you can remember anything from this, if, End of May, if you're thinking about checking Astro Twitter, um, <laughs> put your phone down and walk outside and sit under a tree. Absolutely, because it's like because or, you become um, something spiritual else. narcolistic <laughs> at that time. <laughs> right? It's like yeah. I spiritually fell asleep for a minute. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. I would, don't uh, spend time on social media during this time if, if you don't want to just be um, annoyed. And um, yeah, but there what what can this open up though this can open up other worlds this can open up other dimensions of thought um mercury squaring neptune um i feel like astrologers tend to just like act like this is like the end of the world and it's just horrible and yeah it's it's not um it's got some difficulties to it but there's actually a lot of like really interesting yeah. things that can happen for mercury squaring neptune um, and that's definitely the way that's interesting is, you know, opening up to what you're not allowing into your perception. What have you been closed off to? Um, what are you, what is your imagination been closed off to? Um, so also like the idea of like reimagining things can be really important here. Um, it could be really great for any kind of, again, like these creative ideas and work, yeah. um, maybe more with this one from the standpoint of experimenting and brainstorming ideas than necessarily the most like clear crystallized, like perfect <laughs> embodiment of something, but just Love opening that. up your perspective and what you want to do. Right. Um, Love that. And of course, Jupiter's in Pisces at the same time. So this is going to be a pretty fascinating time period. We're going to have Jupiter in Pisces, which I'm excited about and a lot of people are excited about. And then Mercury's gonna be in Gemini. Um, that lunar eclipse right as Mercury's starting to station is ruled by Jupiter and Pisces. Jupiter and Pisces is gonna be squaring the eclipse. Um, there's probably a lot of, you know, this, look, this, this looks like a period of like a lot of change and transition. Um, but again, with like Neptune squaring Mercury, things may not exactly be as they seem. And we are also, again, the other really important thing is this entire thing we're building to the second um, exact square between Saturn and Uranus. So this is going to be, again, a very extremely volatile and stable time in the second really major um, turning of the Saturn-Uranus year where we get the second square. So once again, Mercury is just like centered around this. We get that eclipse and the inferior conjunction like right before that Saturn-Uranus square, just like we did back in February. So um, it's really configured on that. And again, so it's, it's going to again be, I think it's actually a positive thing really. 
Um, and in some ways it can just maybe make things more unstable and disruptive. But if you're taking that, that look outlook, we're talking about, about like, you know, what's not working, what do I need to change and let Mercury kind of guide you in there. I mean, Mercury's really strong in Gemini. Gemini actually has a lot of depth of thought of looking in between things. Um, especially when polarized conflict and things are, you know, these things that are just going up against each other. Gemini can really like move in between that and um, is very nimble and get at synthesizing and weaving things together. So um, you want to kind of really move with that very flexible, this is extremely flexible Mercury. You know, Jupiter and Pisces also in a mutable sign. Jupiter and Mercury in their mutable signs, you know, which I think does go a lot with like, again, this like flexibility of consciousness. Mm-hmm and helping us through this, this massive transition we're going to go through at this time. Um, it, this could be a time of, I know a lot of people have speculated like with vaccines and stuff, it seems like the timing might be, I mean, we don't know for sure. There might be something like that we're dealing with here and what works and doesn't work about that, but we'll have to see. Yeah. Want to go to the next time. one? Or? Yeah, let's do the next yeah. one. So then last one, Mercury retrograde in Libra, um, end of September to October 18th. Um, this is going from like 10 degrees of Libra to 25 degrees of Libra. The 13th is when it starts slowing down. The 26th is when it stations retrograde. So it's pretty close to the equinox. And um, that's at 26 Libra. October 9th, it's conjunct the sun at 16 Libra, stations direct on the 18th. Then at the end of October, it's starting to pick up speed. And beginning of November, it um, leaves that retrograde shadow zone. So if you look at this one, it is right on Mars. (laughs) That's when Mercury and and the sun come together. So... um, this is again a really strong if you remember the one back in uh february had mars squaring it this one mars is like there with it what's interesting though is this is actually mars so it's going to be like a meeting of mars and mercury basically like in the underworld this is not a visible mars this is mars actually um, at the very beginning of its cycle so they're both basically um mars is in the underworld beginning and ending a cycle at the same time that Mercury is. So we have like Mercury and Mars basically going into the underworld to meet up and talk about, they're going to have a conversation about what's going on. Yeah. And there's, there's a, yeah, (laughs) they are focused. Like the intellect of these two together is piercing and strategic and, 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 just uh, the word focused is what just hits me here. Yeah. And Libra is extremely strategic. Right. Um, right. And I think that's one, that's the thing with Mars and Libra is more like this, like master strategist of like air and um, can be they a all- charm, a charming strategist. He's, you think of one thing is going on, but Mars and Libra's, working you for something else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's, it's great, right? Because they're all up for a little debate. All three of these energies are all up for a little debate. So this is going to be a, a good time. Yeah, and so this is like, 
10 degrees to like 26 degrees of the cardinal signs or basically the last two decans of the cardinal signs anything in there they're going to be really impacted the interesting thing with this one is around the equinox uh, mercury is like trining jupiter and aquarius so there's actually something kind of interesting there where before it stations and starting to slow down a little bit there's actually like a positive jupiter and aquarius exchange um yeah but then in addition to interestingly there's a real like you know volcanic underworld theme i guess this is the way you'd think about this one because in addition to mars being in the underworld with mercury um, Pluto is really major here. So Mercury squares Pluto on the 22nd, mm. and then again on the, and then it stations retrograde comes back, squares Pluto again at the beginning of October. At the same time, Pluto is stationing direct. So when a planet, you know, stations direct, um, some of y'all might have noticed that a couple of days ago with Uranus, Uranus stations. It's just like this, like Ur Uranian vortex is just like Open up, yeah. unleashed <laughs> and we're just starting to come out of that now and that will happen here with pluto and this mercury retrograde is like like slamming into it basically and pluto is like rethink that i am going to challenge your thinking i also just woke up calm down yeah right it's very like it's interesting when they have those meetups like you said like right after a station because it's like planets need a chance to have their cosmic coffee and like get their life together but then here comes Mercury all swift and quick and wanting to have a chat. We're going to totally. this. <laughs> yeah. So this is a, um, and we were talking about the lunar cycle and Mercury. This is a really interesting um, hookup here, sort of like the one in February mm -hmm. um, where we get the new moon. So the moon is receded by the sun, new moon, October 6th and Mars is right there. The next day, Mars is reseeded by the sun or reanimated by the sun. And then um, that's right around the same time of what was the day of the Mercury one? I don't remember. October 9th. Yeah, is the same day of the Mercury one. And then Mars is with Mercury that same day. So right around that time, there's just this really intense. Um, so that, yeah, you combine Pluto, you combine underworld Mars, Mercury, there's something we're really being taken to your depth here, but in Libra and the air sign, you know, it's very much to me about like kind of recalibrating things. Mercury can help here really moving in between like the unconscious conscious. Um, I often, I don't always mess up with the pronunciation, but it's like enantiodromia of um, the thing that's the opposite turning into the other opposite. Mm kind of concept I often think about with Mercury retrograde and Libra and just kind of helping us um, kind of um, work with that, see what's going on. Um, yeah. Definitely exploring like the shadow and the, and the depths of things during this time. Um, and Libra is really very business savvy and certainly mm -hmm. we think of global negotiations and, you know, on the global stage, new and different allies and relations and connections are definitely being made right now. We've already seen it. Plus then we'll have the change at the inauguration. And by the time we get to a Mercury in Libra, anything, 
we're going to need that help for the negotiation for the, how do we strategize business at this time? And like, just don't forget if you've got Libra in your chart, give Libra the cred. Libra is really very good at business. Very yeah, good. Definitely. So the business of how we're going to do business for 2022, we're getting a lot of information right here. Definitely. And negotiating, um, yeah, being a cardinal sign. So it definitely is, um, initiating things, making deals. Um, this is one where I guess, yeah, definitely you can make some deals, but just be kind of um, checking in about what's really going on under the surface of things with, with what's going on with all these influences. But there's something just really massive here because like, like I said, we have that new moon, Mercury, Mars all happening. And it's like Saturn is stationing direct at the same time. A week later, Jupiter stations direct. Yeah. Basically, the same time as Mercury stations direct. And um, then when you were talking about the full moons and stuff, then we get this full moon in Aries, like right there. And that full moon is like opposite Mars and squaring Pluto and sextile Jupiter. Yeah. So that stationing of Mercury where it's like really intensified here, um, it's really kind of lit up with this lunation that's activating Mars and Pluto again, which has kind of been a big theme of this. So wherever, and that's, I think the more you can just kind of move with the Mars and Pluto, I mean, Pluto can be really difficult, but you know, like people say it's better to move with Pluto than like resist Pluto mm -hmm. and just kind of let yourself start moving with where, what's being opened up and. Right. And I, at, yeah. this, at this point, I mean, do you think because Pluto will have, by the time we get to this um, full moon time pluto will have been in its change of direction right so yeah i've just been just station direct yeah right like you've already seen it you've been looking at mm -hmm. it and typically when we're dealing with plutonian energy anyways it's already been there for a while so it's yeah, like totally. you've had the season of pluto traveling forward still in capricorn so some of this is the same old song and dance then we've retrograded and now as he's coming out of the station still in Capricorn, this is, we've been looking at this for a minute, but now it's like a refreshed perspective if it's, if we're able to allow it, but I think there's some comfort in it's not brand new. Definitely. That's definitely true with Pluto. Um, that's a really good point because yeah, typically once you get to this, you've, you've been dealing with this for a while. So it's like, you can definitely start moving with it here. Mm -hmm. There is a new quality of Mars starting to take shape here. So I guess that would be the difference where Mars is kind of like in this process of being burned up and starting to get a new cycle. It's not, um, I don't think Mars has become visible yet during this time period. So, you know, Mars is like reanimated by the sun and still kind of like not yet visible during this time. And there's something new um, with Mars, like these new desires. And I think if you can kind of combine that, that idea of like the new desires from Mars and then like these, these deeper things with that have been building up over time with Pluto and just try to pull those together and move with it and then let the Mercury Libra, you know, kind of get you in touch with all the space around you, arrangements of things. How are you communicating with people 
dealing with people, negotiating, just kind of get through this time because what the thing is, this seems pretty just, this looks like, oh, there's a lot going on here. Like the next month actually has kind of a step up in intensity. So this is a period where we kind of another kind of takes us into another of the really more disruptive sections of 2021. Um, Like sort of like we're in right now. (laughs) This is a time period where where we're kind of entering another period of the year. That's going to be very like a lot of disruption because in November, there's just a lot happening again. Yeah, with like Mercury. So Mercury and Mars like kind of stay together. Like they end up going into Scorpio together and then Mercury and Mars are in like Scorpio opposite Uranus and squaring Saturn like in the next month. So there's a way that this, you know, you really are kind of like getting yourself ready here. There's going to be adjustments sort of needed because it's just things are just going to kind of intensify the rest of this year. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Well, and then everybody is out of retrograde. So they're like, Oh, we're back <laughs> when we get to November. Right. It's like, Oh, we've had some time to think about some things. Here we go. Yeah. So, Oh my gosh, this has been so good. I feel like this has been good. Do you cool. feel like Thank this you. has been good? Yeah. Like it. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah, and this people is, liked it. Oh, yeah. Everybody's down here. They're talking about we need to rewatch this and go back over. People are going to grab their charts. So I think you've been a very welcome visitor. And this is a lot to, to cover when we're talking about a whole year and all of the nuance that happens around it. And I just think you've laid it out beautifully. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. So we are prepared, you guys. (laughs) We are prepared for the Mercury retrograde. So make sure you come back, check out this video often and compare it to your chart and kind of see what's what's lighting up for you. And um, Gray, where can people find you? I know you had your stuff at the beginning, but where can we find you? Yeah, I think I have one. I do. So that's my email. But the last part of it, graycrawford.net is the site. So you can just go there and see whatever. I'm usually keeping up with at least the lunations. Um, I wrote something on Jupiter, Saturn. I also have a Patreon that you can support me on if you want. And there's a lower level where you get um, just sort of discounts on things, including the best thing about that one is probably a very, very cheap um, horary astrology rate with me. It's only, I think, $25 to get a horary reading with me if you're on that $3 level. And then um, at the, and there's some content I put on Patreon that I don't put elsewhere also. But the, um, there's a $9 level where we do a meeting every month, usually around the time of the crescent light moon. And, um, yeah, and that's a, a nice group of people that come to those meetings and we just kind of talk about whatever's going on or whatever questions people have. Mm, that is so. lovely. Well, and it looks like from the chat box right now, people are still very concerned of your scone, but they did say that your website is beautiful. So yeah, thank you. Already I have my scone that. here. <laughs> I um, Yeah, I, I, I took a bite at one point. Yeah. So I had a, I had a bite 
I, I do better just talking and not eating at the same time. Though, so <laughs> it's so funny. The comment down here says scones for all. So the scone is welcome. And so are you anytime you would like to come talk astrology. And I am really grateful that we got to get together and do this. So thank you so, so, so much. Yeah. Thank you, Stormy. That was great. Absolutely. All right, you guys, we are going to wrap up for our Saturday, our weekend eat and greet. I hope that we gave you something that was absolutely worth the time you took to watch it. And if you're watching back on the replay, make sure you leave us some comments down below questions, all of that good stuff. We will be back in the eat and greet saddle first thing on Monday, where we will have Kira Sutherland here, where we will talk about the medical houses in astrology and we will eat and greet all week long. So I look forward to seeing you check out the playlist to see any eat and greets that you have missed and get caught up. Of course, go over and check out gray, see everything he's got going on. And I will see you guys very, very soon. Bye everybody. Bye.